Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Dara L. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Philadelphia. Today is December 6, 2022. Um, uh, let's see. Today we are reading from the big book on page 47, the second paragraph. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Ending in spiritual structure can be built. So we're reading that one paragraph only. Today's readers are Rhonda L. is reading the steps. Nancy R. is reading the traditions. Um, Nancy R. from New York. Nancy R. from Illinois is the reader of the text today. Susan S.H. is reading A Vision for You. And Anne C. is our beloved backup reader. Um, I, I will provide the reference numbers for yesterday a little later in the meeting. Um, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rhonda L. to read our um, 12 steps. Go ahead, Rhonda. Good morning. This is Rhonda L. calling from Toronto, Canada, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Great. Thank you so much for doing service. And just, I made a little oops. So the share IDs for yesterday, Monday, December 5th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting are 19,707. And for the 10 a.m. meeting are 19,708. Um, so thank you all for, your, for indulging me. And now we'll move on to the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Nancy R. from New York. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Dara L. Yes, I'm Nancy R., a compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you so much. Grateful to do service. And, and I pass. Great. Thank you so much for reading. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Um, we also ask that although we value everyone's contributions to this meeting that you um, share every third day just to give everyone the time and space to share. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Um, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Um, so today we will resume our study of the big book with Nancy R. reading from page 47, the second paragraph. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question and reading just that paragraph only. Go ahead, Nancy R. from Illinois. Good morning. It's Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. Well, here we are at step two. Um, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Um, there's uh, a phrase in here I have underlined, and it is, he is on his way. Um, like, here we are at step two, and we are on our way. You know, um, as I was working the steps uh, in the big book with my recovered um, sponsor, um, you know, step two, um, as we were reading through these this, these pages, you know, I had um, put the food down, my addictive foods down, so I didn't have the craving. Um, but I certainly, you know, being just a step two, didn't have a lot of relief of the um, strange mental twist the compulsion of my mind. So this is a wonderful beginning of the promises. We emphatically assure him that he is on his way. In the midst of hopelessness, of knowing that I'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable, like that, if there weren't any other steps, that's pretty hopeless. And that's where we need to begin, is in our hopelessness. That's where I needed to begin, is in my hopelessness. And then what a great beginning to the promise and the relief that working the steps gives us. As soon as I can say that I believe or I'm even willing to believe, these people who have recovered and wrote this book say, we emphatically assure you that you are on your way. That's a lot of hope. Um, and then this last sentence, of course, you know, it's been proven, repeatedly proven, that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And it's true. You know, it's been my experience, strength and hope, and it continues. You know, I got up this morning and I did my um, time with God and my prayers and, um, you know, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built and, you know, it's just the beginning. You're just on your way. Um, so that's what I have to share this morning. Thanks. Thank you so much for your share. Thanks for getting us started. And although we value everyone's experience, 
We ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share today? Lisa B. Rick J. Susan S.H. Okay. Tamara C. Okay. Uh, okay, got it. And we have maybe one more, space for one more. Barbara G. I'll... Barbara G. Okay, okay great. Let's stop there. Uh, oh, I heard you, Vasa. Okay, we'll, we'll stop with you. So I have Lisa B., Harlan G. Rick, I didn't get your last initial, so please give it when you share. Susan S.H., Tamara C., Abby D., Barbara G., and then Vasa. I believe it's Vasa O., but she'll confirm that when she goes on. So go ahead, Lisa B. Oh, oops, Lisa, we can't hear you. Press star one. Go ahead and share with us. Oh, thank you. I was talking, and thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Go right oh, ahead, Lisa. Okay, good. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in South Carolina. And thank you, Dara, for your service and for everyone that's here doing service. This is an amazing paragraph because it's where a change, I'm turning a corner, but I don't know that I'm turning the corner. And it's like what the um, speaker, and that was a, such a beautiful share, talked about. It's the, the hopelessness. You know, that's what is going to always kill me. And it's being willing to just put my hand on the doorknob. First of all, to even believe that there is a door there, you know, with the handle that I could put my hand on and that it will open. Just even believing that, that that's, that's where things begin to change. You know, this disease, it, it says to me, why bother? You know you can't do it. You know that you're going to fail. Or abstinence, how does someone even do this? How does even someone put the food down? Because I have to remember that's my whole problem is abstinence is my problem. And they're saying I have to be abstinent, you know. And today, as a recovered person, you know, I still have to go back to step two and believe I am being restored to sanity because that hopelessness can still come in where with character defects, I'll think this is so treacherous, this defect that I have. I, I can't believe how deep-seated this problem is. And how am I ever going to overcome this and I get back into self-reliance? But this is such an amazing step. The way it's inserted there and that the simplicity of just the willingness to believe I don't need to know what it's going to look like. I don't need to know what that relationship's going to be, how I'm going to be. There's going to be a transformation. And that's why being surrounded by recovered voices, you know, was so important to me. But I was just feeling the excitement of listening to this paragraph and thinking about it because I remember the hopelessness when I came into this meeting and thinking it's not possible. But hope began to grow inside of me because I heard other people that I could tell were like me, but yet they weren't like me anymore. It's not too good to be true. It really does work, and not to overcomplicate it. But it's just that simple question, am I even willing to believe? And that's it. And I love the word effective, the relationship with this power. It's effective. It's really, really effective. It supports me. It holds me. It fills me. It heals me. It sustains me. It revives me. So that's all I have. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for your share. Okay, Harlan G., followed by Rick J. Go ahead, Harlan. Thank you very much, Dara, and thank you for taking the meeting today. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. When the big book wants to teach me important things, it never does it just once. And as I go back to the page 12 of Bill's story, it says here in the middle, about three-quarters of the way down the page, it's all in italics, and it says, it was only a matter of being willing to believe. Willingness is, is to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. And then on page 47 it says, Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? And the mistakes that I made are mistakes I see people making all the time, at least when they call me. I don't have to have a degree in theology I don't have to have a Ph.D. in philosophy. I don't have to be a priest, minister, or rabbi. All I have to be willing to do is believe or be willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself. And the evidence that there is a power greater than myself is overwhelmingly surrounding me at all times. I am not more powerful than a Milky Way bar. I never have been. I never will be. But God is. And yes, there was a holocaust, and there is man's inhumanity to man, and there was slavery and racial prejudice and war, and on and on, and those people did this, and these people didn't do that, and I have lots of excuses why I should not believe in God. But it doesn't say I have to believe in anything. All it says is that I have to be willing to believe. That's all it says. Am I so pompous or egotistical that I'm going to believe that I am the be-all and the end-all? I better not be, because if I stay in that, if I keep that chip on my shoulder that says, God, you let my cat die, God, you let my whatever, fill in the blank, then I'm not going to believe in you, I'm not going to recover. Because belligerent denial, belligerent Prejudice before the fact will bar me from the one life I, I want more than anything, and that is a life of freedom from this disease. There's one ticket out of here, and that is through a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. Last part of Chapter 3 that we read before this chapter says, I have an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. I won't have a spiritual experience, I'm sure, but I will have a spiritual awakening if I work the steps. And with that, I will pass. Thanks, Dara. Oh, perfect timing, Harlan. Um, thank you for your share. Rick J., uh, go ahead, followed by Susan S.H. Good morning, Derek. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, my name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Yay, I get to follow Harlan. Woohoo! So I love this. I This is why I'm here today. This paragraph, this idea, this simple statement is why I am here today um, with the belief in a power greater than myself, with the relationship with the God of my understanding. It doesn't matter if anybody else understands my conception of God, just like it doesn't matter if I understand anybody else's. It's, it's personal to me. And because of the dedication and the willingness of 
our writers here to make sure that they can level the playing field of this idea of a power greater than ourselves, it would be impossible for me to go forward in a spiritual program of action completely based on my belief in a power greater than myself. If I can't get there, I have nowhere to go. I've already admitted I'm powerless, but now what do I do? I've got issues with God, and I don't want to go there. Well, thankfully, they opened the door for me, and um, you know, just uh, <laughs> just like with Harlan going backwards to uh, to Bill's story, I just love Abby, who just suggested, "Hey, Bill, why don't you choose your own conception of God?" You know, in that previous paragraph, you know, it's it's saying we, we had to begin somewhere, so we used our own conception, however limited it was. So when they asked that question, do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself, that, that is step two. You know, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. So I'm, I have chosen my own conception of God, however limited that was. For me, in the beginning, it was the power of other people's recovery. I could look at you, and I could see that you had something going on that I didn't. So I believed that you believed, <laughs> and then I became willing to be willing to believe for myself. That opened the door for me. That's all I needed. It was my own conception, however limited it was. That was all I needed. So I'm just so grateful that... You know, that cornerstone of a, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure, a cornerstone, it holds the other ones in place in the arch, and that's true. That belief has grown. I first found this belief 35 years ago in another program. I, I came to believe in something that was bigger than me, which opened the door for me to begin a spiritual journey. Not a religious journey, a spiritual journey. And um, Time? I'm just very grateful that I'm here in step two, working the rest of the steps one day at a time, just living in them. With that, I pass. Great. Thank you so much, Rick, for your share. Susan S.H. is next. You'll be followed by Tamara C. Please share with us, Susan. Thank you. This is Susan S.H. in St. Mary's, Ohio, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful. Um, I remember reading this with my sponsor and all the, this whole area, how it talked about, God does not make too hard of terms, just a willingness to believe. And it was such a relief that even a willingness was enough to put me on my way. I didn't have to be immediately convinced or in agreement with, uh, with many of the religious people I knew. And I had put up a giant roadblock in the year and a half that I was going to face-to-face meetings and not getting anywhere. And it was my agnosticism. I, I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And I saw how some fellows at the face-to-face meeting talked of and depended on God. And I had a strong feeling of I won't get fooled again. Because I had searched for a higher power. Um, so... Uh, just a willingness to believe? Well, sure. I was willing, tentatively, to believe and to trust. After all, I accepted my powerlessness over food. 
I knew it. I knew it for all my years. I just, <clears throat> at any rate, I knew that I was powerless over food and that my life was unmanageable. What did I have to lose by just being willing to believe? And it was a beginning. And as I practiced what I learned in here, I became convinced. I saw it around me and I saw how I was put together with people that mirror my problem or that, that I could actually be helpful to. And what is that but a miracle? <laughs> so, yeah, I have truly come to believe, and it's, it's wonderful, but I didn't have to be stopped by that roadblock I had put up. It's open to all of us, and I am so grateful for that. I've been since we read this together, and I still am. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, so I will pass. Great. Thanks so much for your share. Um, just for anyone who is just joining us, um, uh, and we are on page 47, the second paragraph, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question through spiritual structure can be built, just that one paragraph only. So next up will be Tamara C., followed by Abby D. Go ahead, Tamara. Thank you. This is Tamara C. Uh, thank you so much for your service. I'm from Missouri. I'm very grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater today. Um, yeah, this question, this short question is really, really important for me in um, getting a new relationship with my higher power. Um, am I willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself? And this is a question that I come back to um, all the time and I I um I use it as a prayer a prayer because I know in my mind or I think I know in my thinking that I believe in a higher power and all these things about my higher power being able to take care of me and all this but but it's not what I'm always operating on and so I return to this question again and again and I I ask my higher power God are you here are you taking care of me right now? Am I safe? Am I okay? Are you going to be here tomorrow? Are you going to abandon me? <clears throat> and um, I just need to return to this truth that I'm never alone. And uh, this prayer helps me reach out and connect with my higher power and remind my heart that that I do have a higher power. I'm not my own higher power. Um, my my safety doesn't hinge on my own ability to take care of myself. Um, I get to walk hand in hand with a, a, a power greater than me, and that that makes me feel safe in not knowing how things are going to turn out. Um, it's just so comforting to me to ask these questions um, and remind myself. Oh, that's right. That's right. I have a higher power. All is well. That's what I have to share. Thank you. Thank you, Tamara, for sharing with us. Um, Abby is next, and Abby will be followed by Barbara G. Go ahead, Abby. 
Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Abby D. I'm recovered in Michigan. I'm grateful to be here. So when I read this, I think of the time when I was working the steps and I was stuck on step two because I couldn't figure out what my higher power was and um, didn't have a full understanding and I was trying to define my higher power and I was still mumbled with um, like a bunch of resentments and fears because I hadn't done my fourth step yet. So I had all of this um, like emotional baggage still kind of clouding that and I was of course I wasn't able to have an understanding because I didn't have the, the experience yet in my body like the feeling of it and so step two was just like it was just like a book like deciding that I was going to believe and um, and really like for me it was my sponsor just said, like, are you are you willing to believe that something out there greater than you is there? And that was, or willing to believe, like, I, even if I didn't believe, I could be willing to believe. So it was, like, just a quick, like, okay, let's move on. Yes, God, like, okay, yes, I do believe that. Let's move on. And, um, and then I just am struck by the asterisk at the end of this paragraph that's talking about the spiritual experience probably one of my favorite parts of the big book is the appendix two where it talks about the spiritual experience being a personality change that can happen over time not always sudden and so um like I was doing my fifth step and like I was not feeling it immediately like this this profound effect um, but they come gradually for me. Like yesterday I had kind of a difficult day and then like later in the day after working through like with 10 steps and prayer and all the stuff that I know how to do, um, on my way home from work, there was just this feeling of like, I, it almost brought me to tears listening to a song of like this, just being so grateful for God and sobriety and recovery and like the heart, like being able to get through the hard stuff and the hard stuff, like bringing me closer to God. And I just, I had that experience as a result of working the steps, but it wasn't like immediately after it came a little bit, you know, it came like randomly, like later on. And so, um, yeah, I'm just grateful to have a God in my life who can keep me sober and abstinent on um, solid ground. So thanks so much for letting me share in a pass. Thank you so much, Abby, for your share. Um, Barbara G., will you share with us, followed by Vasa O.? Sure. Thank you very much for your service. Hi, everyone. My name is Barbara G. Uh, I'm calling from Paris, France, and uh, I am loving all the shares, and I want to thank you all. This is a very meaningful paragraph uh, uh, under many points of view. It may, it's making me think about, uh, of course, when I arrived, when when I reached my bottom, and I had to no, I had no other options left but asking myself if I was willing to believe that a power greater myself could do for me what I could not do for myself, which was put the food down, basically, and leave without the 
friend that had allowed me to live all my life. And uh, by an act of fate, that became possible because uh, I had uh, tried all the other solutions. But then it doesn't stop there because every day has a inverted commas, recovered person. And I use inverted commas because it's a very <laughs> relative concept according to the life circumstances. So every day as a recovered person, when I wake up in the morning, I have I am faced with this question, am I willing to believe? And this makes me think about another paragraph of the big book that says God is either everything or nothing. And uh, this is uh, what this question puts me in front of. Am I willing to believe that basically I know very little because uh, this is my posture that I need to have when I want to recover? Because I, um, before doing the step work, of course, I was all uh, in my ideas, in my beliefs, uh, in my views. Uh, and we know where that brought me to misery, depression, because uh, all I could do during my years of compulsive reading was piling up uh, layers and layers of anger, frustration, depression, sadness. And uh, through the steps, uh, that was, uh, and it is, lifted one day at a time but uh i am not going to become from the from one day to the other the person who just drops her whole belief so that's why i need to recover to do that one day at a time and i love this reminder today am i willing to believe in a part of myself if that's the case i am willing to drop the ideas that I have about uh, what my sister thinks of me or what my neighbor does or why certain people behave in a certain way. Because I am a very self-centered person and uh, it's taking me time to realize that people are not out there to get me on one hand. And also, thank you. And also, I'll wrap it up just by saying that if I ask myself, if I'm willing to believe, I am then reminded of how much uh, loved I am by that power. And I will pass. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Barbara G., for your share. Vasa, oh, you'll be our last share before I take another list of names. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Dara, for your, for your service and everybody's service this morning. And Vas, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And uh, yes, I had the gift of desperation by the time I came to my first uh, OA meeting. I had hit bottom, and there was nothing more for me to try, you know, out there. And I had no problem admitting I was powerless over the food that I tried, food addiction I tried to manage it for many, many years before I came to OA. Everything I tried, it just did not work. So I found hope, you know. And the person uh, that was going to sponsor me, she said, are you willing to believe in a power greater than yourself? And I said, it's got to be somebody bigger and better than me because whatever I'm doing, it's just not working. And that's all I needed. Are you willing to? I didn't believe. I didn't believe before, especially when it comes to the food addiction. You know, how is this God going to help me with this food? I've been trying to do it myself for 25 years. How could he do it, you know? Well, that's because I was trying to play God, you know. 
I I was trying to use my own my own willpower. I had no clue. I did not know what I did not know. So I didn't know anything about the allergy. I didn't know anything about the food obsession. I had it, but I thought everybody had it, you know, and I just have to learn how to deal with it. And I try all those diets and everything. It could not, I, could, I could not put it down. So, But I also needed to surrender. Again, they had to do with the food, number one, the food addiction, and then gradually I needed to surrender in other areas of my life. But my sponsor said, we have to put the food down to have a better clarity to work through the rest of the 12 steps. It was so hard, but I did it. Every time the compulsion came back, I said, okay, higher power, I'm getting on my knees. Please help me. I don't want to go back to the food. It was really difficult at the first, you know, I don't know how many days, how many weeks, you know. But I could see how God was doing for me that I couldn't do for myself. And I just threw myself in the program, meetings, uh, the 12 steps, um, tools, whatever. I go to any length. There's no such uh, easy or softer way for me. I have to do it all the way or nothing. So I'm just so grateful to be here with all of you. And this is the only thing that has worked for me. And I and I try to pass it on. That's what my sponsor said. I don't want nothing from you. I just want you to pass it on, what God is doing for you in your life with the food and everything else. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Great. Thank you so much, Vasa. Uh, perfect timing. Thank you for sharing. So before taking another list of names, I just want to remind everyone we are on uh, page 47, the second paragraph. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. And although we value your experience, this meeting requests that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share with us now? Jackie P. Pamela. Pamela P. A. Linda D. Pamela. Alexis S. Loretta H. Kathy S. Okay, uh, let me see. I'll take one more. Uh, I got Alexis uh, S. Yeah. Oh, Pamela. Yes, I got you, Pamela. So I got um, Jackie, Pamela, Linda D, Loretta H, Kathy S, and Alexis S. So that's who we'll go with. Um, Jackie and Pamela, if you could give your last initials when you share, because I did not get those. So go ahead, Jackie. Oops, uh, Jackie, press star one, please. Okay, is that better? <laughs> yes, I, we can um, hear you now. Go ahead. Thanks. I am Jackie D. Uh, from Massachusetts, and I am a compulsive overeater. And this is my first time speaking on this meeting. I um, drive to work every day, and I listen to everybody. But today I jumped in. <laughs> I pressed star one so I could... Get in, get my name in there. Um, and the reason that I I wanted to talk today was because, you know, higher power is such a great topic. And I know um, the reading was becoming willing um, to have a relationship with a higher power. And I heard a previous speaker talk about how um, they got their higher power in a different fellowship, and that and that was true for me as well. Twenty almost twenty years ago. Um, and my relationship with my higher power, um, I came to believe through a very, through various spiritual experiences. That's how I came to believe 
things were happening in my life that couldn't have could not have happened unless they came from somewhere else because of my power they would have never happened um and so that's how i saw my higher power working in my life things that i never could do for myself this power that i was willing to believe in was doing it for me since coming to oa and these vision meetings um i have almost five and a half months of abstinence and i've worked the steps and that relationship with my higher power has grown exponentially. And the reason that it's grown is because I cultivate it on a daily basis. I have self-discipline, I pray, I meditate, and that relationship just keeps getting stronger and stronger, just like any relationship you would have with somebody else. So um, I did, I came to believe in this higher power, and I still have this higher power. And it's either self jackie Jackie's will or it's God's will. And I like to stay in God's will today because it keeps me, number one, abstinent, and number two, sane. Sanity has returned to me because I came to believe in this power greater than myself. So that's it. Have a great, great day, everybody. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Jackie D., for your share. Um, next up is Pamela P., so thanks for the, uh, for the little birdie who told me that. Uh, Pamela P. followed by Linda D. Go ahead, Pamela. Yes, hi. Good morning. It's Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. So, um, yeah, I definitely believe in God. Um, when I came to program, I believe in God. I know he's the almighty, but I remember when I first came to program, I went to Dell Industry. I, I've been in the Dell Industry long until 2016, and God been with me. God always been with me. He never, he, the love of God never left me. I almost felt like he disappointed, but he still loved me. So concerning my eating disorder, is, um, it wasn't, wasn't hard to go to God for the help, but to do it continually, every day, every, that was hard. Like, almost like I was wasting God. Like, Oh boy, um, God had more important things to do than worry about me eating or not. You know, that's how I think sometimes. But now I know it got to be all God, all the way. And this disease could, almost took my life five or six times. I'm going to commit suicide because this disease. So I know how important it is for me to work my program. So every morning I go to God, I pray. I go to him, I talk to him, I thank him, and I pray for him to give me the willingness to do the program the way it's supposed to be doing. And I just found a sponsor yesterday, uh, my fourth sponsor this year, and they've all been amazing, see, seen amazing. So I'm looking forward to work with her today and just to know that God cares. He wants to be involved. He want me to ask. He do not want me to be perfect. But I feel that God just want me to give him the time. Don't say, I love you, God, thank you, that it. Give him the time like you do any relationship. You give God time. And God has feeling also. But anyway, I know God want the best for me. And he'll want me to compose it over eat. I'm nothing of God if I do that. I'm nothing to my partner. I'm nothing to nobody. So my recovery is everything. 
God wants my recovery too. Without my recovery, I'm nothing to no one. So I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Pamela P., for sharing with us. Next up will be Linda D., followed by Loretta H. Go ahead, Linda. Hi, Dara. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm on the earth. I'm on this side, not in the next lifetime, right here, right now. Um, what jumps out at me, and I'm, oh, I'm recovered. Holy mackerel, that's a big deal. And it's uh, work. I, um, I didn't get on the line right away because I uh, had a thought in my head that I wasn't good enough to share. Um, that's the disease. I, I mean, it's almost, uh, it's almost funny if it weren't so painful. And so I'm not going to listen to it. And um, here I am. And I know what I want to say. Uh, I'm going to let God talk because I have no idea what to say. Okay. The wonderfully effective uh, structure. That's an understatement. I have a relationship with God that is mind-blowing in its magnificence. I cannot believe, but I know it's true, that I can actually have the privilege of talking to and listening to and hearing, eventually hearing, what the next step is to be. What am I to do next? It is such a gift to even speak to this immensity that creates me and recreates me over and over and over and over. It's it's a, just an experience that's dazzling. And now, that's the other word that jumps out at me. It's right now. This instant right now, it's what got me back on the phone and good enough because that was so wacky. Um, <clears throat> okay, what about now? What am I going to do now? Well, I can't eat. Oh, yeah, I can. It's My room is, I'm in a facility right now in a hospital, a short-term rehab, and I can eat till I'm purple. You wouldn't believe the shit they serve here. Excuse me, there's no other word for it. Stuff that I haven't thought of in years, and there it is. It's everywhere. And then I have a close friend who's a nurse, and she um, also has the disease. And she brings me lots of healthy things and some stuff that's not so healthy. So I'm surrounded. I'm in a world of food. I am a busy person paying attention to, uh-uh, what's next? What's next for me is to trust God one more time. I'm having the most incredible healing I got to go to PT today. That's physical therapy. I'm like a kid going to school for the first time. I haven't, been, what? I haven't been allowed to be there in a long time. And wish me luck at school. I'm a beginner again. Thank you. I pass. Uh, thank God you, Linda, you. for sharing with us. Good luck and speedy recovery. Um, Loretta H. is next, followed by Kathy S. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Dara, and everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who is saving my life, Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. I love the idea of a simple structure. And then I, 
in the spiritual experience, most of us emphatically wish we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to spiritual principles. And um, I was uh, anorexic and compulsive overeater. I did both very well. Um, and that hopelessness um, brought me into these rooms. Uh, and that's the dash in step one. It's I'm hopeless. But then step two allows me the ability to have some hope. And I did come in for the vanity, and I realized that I needed to stay for the sanity. And um, that willingness, the honesty, and the open-mindedness is what kept me continuing with the process because I was of the um, Herbert Spencer variety that that contempt was my ego, and that was always in the way. Uh, today, with God's grace and mercy, um, I do have a power greater than myself. I have to nourish it because uh, it nourishes me, but it's a two-way street. So every morning I get up with um, a two-way prayer group. I continue doing steps 10 and 11. I love my 11s. It shows me where God needs me to be and also in my 10s. I need to work with others because that's the gift that keeps on giving. And the, one of the reasons um, I am so grateful for this program today is my brother-in-law's 51st AA birthday. And when he was newly sober, his son was killed by a serial killer, and he did not pick up a drink. So it works if you work it. And with that, I pass. God bless everybody. Oh, thank you so much, Loretta, for that share. Kathy S., you're next, and our last share today will be Alexis S. So go ahead, Kathy. Thank you, Dara. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. And, um, yeah, this sentence, do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself? So important that it's reiterated in the very next sentence. It's the exact same highlight that I have on the prior page. I mean, it's, it is, like it says, the simple cornerstone, which is the most important piece in, in a structure. And, um, and I, too, like the idea of a spiritual structure. And for me, my step two experience was a total revamping. I had to really, like it suggested, lay aside my prejudice. My whole problem really is my judgment. I judge God. I judged God based on how well he met my expectations for an outcome um, and based on my experience and my temperament, I judge people, I judge things, I judge myself. And and the whole point, the whole turnaround for me um, in recovery was to lay all of that aside and try to stay as open-minded as I could to start fresh and to be learn to be a receiver to that I have no power. And so I needed to believe in a God that loved me. And, and I have to remind myself of that every single day. Who am I when I really believe that I am infinitely loved and peaceful? I don't have to worry. I know that whatever I care about, my God cares about. My kids, my future, 
you know, our finances, whatever. And it's all taken care of, that God has a higher plan. I don't know it. I can't see it. My perspective, I have learned, as is as good as my, it's the same thing as my judgment. And it's, it's just uh, like I share with sponsees. It's like putting my nose to a canvas and, and it just looks like a hot mess until I can back up. Um, and often in the moment when I'm in a crisis, I can't back up, right? We have the ability of hindsight. But what I can do is, is think about all the times past. And I trust God for the bigger picture, that he's building a masterpiece. And it's all going to be okay. It's going to be beautiful. Everything that I judged as a crisis, including my being a compulsive overeater, has turned out to be my greatest blessing. And, um, and I, I learned it here. And uh, it all started with this basic structure of love. And I learned it from you guys, realizing that I am loved and I'm safe. And, um, and I just thank you all for, for coming alongside me on this journey. And, um, and praise God for bringing me here. And with that, I pass. Kathy, thank you so much um, for your share. Alexis F., you'll be our last sharer. If you could just take two minutes, please, that would be wonderful. Go ahead, Alexis. This is Alexis F. from New Jersey. God does make two hard terms with those who seek him. Um, I found that also. Uh, I kept thinking about what is my purpose for the rest of my life. I'm 74 years old now. And I realize it comes from the roots, my history in the, you know, in the past, my compulsive overeating. That's one of my uh, roots that I I want to continue into the future. That's a purpose to serve God. Uh, my mental illness, um, that was a root that went through the past forty six years, that I work in another program with. And um, my um, my emotional and physical health. So I take care of that in OA as well. Um, as a mother, I was a screaming maniac when the kids were growing up. So I owe an amends, a living amends to my family first, uh, along with abstinence. Uh, and... Uh, my family of origin, because I kind of neglected them for a long time. So I'm looking forward to the holidays because I'm having people in my home about four or five times, at four or five different times with um, groups of people, neighbors and friends and family and uh, friends of my daughters and uh, just... Um, Every day, teaching her as much skills as I can. Um, she just became newly abstinent and just letting her find her own way and her own journey into it. Um, Time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alexis, for your share. Um, sorry to cut it short. And thank you to everyone who shared and everyone who did service today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, December 6, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,710. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Susan S.H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, good morning. This is Susan S.H. again, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something. Susan, please unmute. You haven't okay. got Okay. You haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events oops, will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in this fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.